thank you for joining us for today's Orthodontic Products Podcast on the MedCorp Podcast Network. My name is Allison Warner, and I am the Chief Editor of Orthodontic Products. Today, we are here with an episode of In the Sterilization Room with Jackie, where we talk to infection prevention expert Jackie Doris about what you need to know to keep the orthodontic team and patients safe. For over 30 years, Jackie has been a consultant specializing in instrument sterilization and infection control and prevention in the dental setting. She has degrees in microbiology and dental hygiene and has been a featured speaker at the American Dental Association and the American Association of Orthodontists. Jackie, it's so great to be with you again. It's been a while, Allison, and uh, it's good to be back with orthodontic products. Uh, We know all of our orthodontic offices, we're right in the middle of summertime now. They're super busy with all of those summertime patients and their schedule. Uh, and then next month, we'll, they'll be going back to school and we'll have a new set of uh, challenges in front of us. Exactly. So that's why we wanted to talk, have this episode to talk about something that is in the news right now, which is monkeypox. And so we wanted to do this episode to provide information to the orthodontic team about, about the, the, I guess is virus would be yes. the correct? Okay, about the virus and about how to keep themselves safe and their patients safe during this process. So Jackie, let's start with the basics. For those who don't know, what is monkeypox? Well, I think we've all gotten so intimidated during the pandemic with the COVID-19 and caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which was a novel, a new type of infection. Monkeypox is not. Monkeypox was first identified uh, as an infection in mammals in 1958. Uh, and the lesions were actually identified on monkeys. However, the virus, uh, part of the orthopox virus family, is transmitted in small am- mammals, such as maybe squirrels or, or rodents. Or we even had an outbreak in 2003 in the United States of monkeypox in uh, prairie dogs. So the virus is zoonotic uh, in the animal kingdom and identified in 1958 in monkeys and therefore uh, was called monkeypox. It's in the same family as smallpox. The first human cases were not identified until 1970. So a decade or more later, uh, the human cases were identified and they were usually in people who were in close contact with wild animals. Um, at that time, we didn't see heavy transmission or significant transmission, I guess I should say, from human to human. But as with all microorganisms and viruses, as it replicates, it can change, mutate. And we've learned about all those variants from the SARS-CoV-2 virus with it. So uh, monkeypox is low transmission. And I think that's important for the orthodontic community to know. Your risk of acquiring uh, monkeypox in the ortho office is very minimal. Monkeypox requires a a long skin-to-skin transmission, uh, estimated to be almost up to like a three-hour exposure in a room or close proximity with somebody or exposure to the pox lesions that okay. they would develop on their skin. Uh, and again, this 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 time around uh, in the last two years, and, and especially with this new mutation, so to speak, we're not mm-hmm. seeing the pox that covers the entire body as in previous decades with it. There may be only be one or two pox lesions on the hands or the feet or the face, or maybe even inside the mouth. 
Mm. And unfortunately, this seems to be the high-risk transmission at this time is a sexual transmission for men who have sex with men. Okay. It's been identified that in semen, there is a very high uh, replicating viral particle count. And of course, uh, the anal type sex has more tearing and abrading of tissue, leaves those open portals for an infection to be acquired. So at this time, as the World Health Organization and CDC are keeping uh, the, the numbers on it, it looks like 98% of the infections are in men who have sex with men or in the bisexual community. And that's where the public health efforts are being focused right now on both vaccines and treatments with it. So back to the virus, the virus's transmission can be respiratory, but it would mean that you'd have to be in close face-to-face contact with someone unmasked for three hours or more. And again, low risk with uh, infectivity with it. The second would be body fluids. And that's what we've already talked about with semen. Um, And we don't know about saliva yet. We need more scientific research to identify are those live replicating viral particles present in saliva that increases the risk for us. And then contaminated items or what the science community refers to as a fomite surface. Uh, such as a a countertop or bed linens or clothing, uh, can the disease be transmitted from that? And yes, if someone has uh, active monkeypox lesions, it could be transmitted, although it's not an efficient mode of transmission. When we talked about the infectivity uh, in previous uh, episodes of In the Sterilization Room, we talked about the R-naught of microorganisms. If one person is infected, how many potential other people could that infect? And uh, with uh, measles, which is the most highly infectious, it has an r naught of 18, meaning one infected person could potentially infect 18 other unvaccinated uh, people with the disease. And, and, and measles can be transmitted in the air and hang suspended in the air for a long time. That's not true of monkeypox. Monkeypox is estimated to have Uh, an R-naught of, say, under three with it, meaning, and you'd have to have the right mode of transmission, that close skin-to-skin contact uh, over a period of time, um, where, again, there's there's that long exposure. So uh, there's certain precautions. If you're taking basic standard precautions in your office, you're going to be at minimal to zero risk of acquiring a monkeypox infection. And that's the same for what I call your public hygiene when we go to the grocery store, when we're at a theater, uh, all of the public venues that we would go into, uh, and then also your personal hygiene. Um, And I'm going to caution the orthodontic community because I would say over 70% of most orthodontic patients are teenagers or middle school. Right, yeah. And they are in community activities such as sports, you know, uh, say wrestling, where they have a lot of skin exposed. They're rubbing up against each other for an extended period of time. In 2008, uh, we actually had a MRSA outbreak among wrestlers in high school communities. So wrestling teams uh, at that time weren't even disinfecting the mats. 
uh, that they wrestled on. So you can imagine with the sweat and the perspiration, uh, if you have a MRSA lesion and it happens to rupture and that pus gets on it, that they had a number of infections. And, and with teenagers, maybe they have acne and that leaves that open portal of lesion. Uh, lesion, people who have eczema or other rat type of ongoing rashes, okay. it leaves them at risk with it. So okay. we have this virus, low infectivity, transmitted in potentially these three ways. Mm-hmm. If you're exposed to it, the incubation period could be anywhere from five to 21 days, up okay. to three weeks before mm-hmm. you had signs or symptoms. And the symptoms are minimal with this particular mutation that we're seeing at this time. Uh, People get well from it without any treatment. Um, They may be sick for two to four weeks with it, and then the symptoms resolve without treatment. We do have uh, antiviral medicines that can be used. You may hear them referred to uh, as T-pox is one of the antiviral medicines, and it's Ticoviramat, and it can be administered either as pills or as an IV injection with it. So you would take it or whatever the prescribed period is, a week uh, or maybe longer uh, if you're taking the oral medications and it would reduce the symptoms for you. Uh, it's also recommended that the taking the vaccine, if you have a high risk exposure or even if you develop the disease, that having the vaccine can reduce your symptoms with it. Now, these vaccines were the ones that were developed for smallpox. Remember, same virus that's in that orthopox family, and we've treated, the healthcare community has treated for smallpox for over a half a century with it. You know, we know how to prevent uh, smallpox, but smallpox vaccines were discontinued um, a number of years ago because it was believed that we had eradicated. Right, yeah. But we still had a stockpile in the U.S., and with the World Health Organization, that just in case uh, there was biological warfare, mm-hmm. and this could be uh, used in biological warfare, that we have those vaccines available and the antiviral treatment. So the vaccines that were created for smallpox, um, there is the ACAM, ACAM 2000. Uh, it's not going to be used as much for a reason I'll discuss a little bit later. And then the other one is Genios, uh, mm-hmm. that is the more recently developed uh, vaccine for it. And it's usually two injections given four weeks apart. And okay. it will, if someone's exposed, it could prevent them from having that uh, infection during that window of incubation period. Or if they even have a, a case of monkeypox, it could lessen the symptoms with it. And so uh, it's a relatively safe virus, Um, not serious side effects. Of course, there's always potential of side effects with any virus, but the ACAM virus is, um, it it has more live viral particles in it, not monkeypox viral particles, but more of the smallpox. And so there can be more complications and you actually develop a pox lesion after having that uh, injection and there would be a scab form over it. And there's the risk that with that live viral particles, that someone, if you're intimately exposed to someone, that they could acquire an infection or if they're immune compromised. So we, again, I don't anticipate unless it becomes a global crisis that we would be using that. So we have treatments. Mm -hmm. We have a vaccine for it. It can be prevented. 
uh, CDC has even put up a web page now because of the sexual transmission on ways to prevent that disease transmission of the monkeypox virus. Okay. Well, let's go a little more in depth for what the orthodontic team should know as they're going about their day to keep themselves and their patients safe. I know you mentioned the standard safety precautions. Let's maybe do a review of that. I know we've talked about it many times over the last two years in in the sterilization room, but let's do a little review (laughs) for those who may have got a little lax. (laughs) As infectivity has gone down, I'm able to get out and about and be in orthodontic offices more frequently. Mm -hmm. And in the last four weeks, I've been in four offices, almost 100 employees doing a mock inspection and an evaluation and even training with the team. And I've noticed that we've gotten a little lax. It's our human nature as the pandemic we feel like is subsiding with it, that um, maybe we're not as conscientious, let's say. And I would say as long as you're wearing your PPE, safety glasses, masks, maybe addition that full face shield when you're doing aerosol generating procedures and the isolation gown. I think that's real important ongoing into the future that we're wearing that gown because we get some splatters and splashes from the patient's mouth onto a scrub top. And just imagine, how are you gonna remove that scrub top at the end of your day in the clinic? You're gonna pull it up over your head, right up your lips, your nose and your eyes. Yeah. And if it determined that the virus could be transmitted in saliva, that could put you at risk of acquiring an infection through exposure of those mucous membranes. So an isolation gown, you reach behind yourself to untie it, fold it in on itself, remove it, and that's either disposed of or it goes to the laundry, and normal laundering procedures will destroy the monkeypox. So that's a safety measure with it, Mm -hmm. Um, as long as they're using a healthcare disinfectant and properly cleaning and leaving that disinfectant wet for the appropriate contact time. Right, Uh, and also gloves. And also gloves, that's right, (laughs) with your PPE. Yes, very important with that time. So we've got the normal PPE, using a healthcare disinfectant according Mm -hmm. to the proper precautions with it. And um, then also just good hygiene throughout the office. Uh, You're not gonna get monkeypox from touching a door handle that somebody's infected with it. Um, But uh, again, if there's surfaces that have more contact time, then yeah, we wanna be certain that we're using that healthcare disinfectant and the orthodontic team will be safe with it. They should also know what the lesions look like and CDC has provided us with a couple of lesions, one that is on the facial area. Uh, again, these look like, it could look like an acne sore that's healing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's um, the one that you're going to be able to pull up on the screen for everybody to see is actually a, a young adult. He has a, a light beard or uh, uh, with it and the monkeypox lesion is on his chin. Another is an intraoral lesion that is back in the, the posterior of the mouth behind the molar area. And it's very difficult. It doesn't look like a pox lesion. It could be herpes or you know, a, a, an aphis ulcer with it. it. It's very difficult to tell. So if you do have patients that have lesions, obviously you wanna be wearing your gloves as you brought up, Allison. Right. You don't wanna to touch those lesions. You wanna stay away from them and um, do your proper cleaning and disinfection afterwards. 
Okay. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for this information. I know it will be very informative for the orthodontic teams out there listening. Um, as always, we always appreciate your insight. So thank you. <laughs> well, it's not always the most exciting or uplifting <laughs> topics, but it's something that's very important for us. And, you know, patients have always been aware of how do we have the sparkle and shine in our office? Meaning, mm -hmm. is it clean? Is it sterile? Yeah. Is it safe? And after COVID, we saw a very heightened awareness, even about the air. Now with monkeypox being in the news, there's going to be a higher concern. So it's yeah. definitely the time to reassess the sparkle and shine in your infection control program in your orthodontic practice. Definitely. Well, and to our listeners, um, I know Jackie mentioned some visuals of uh, the sores. What we will do is we will put those in the show notes. So if you visit our website and look for this podcast episode on the website, you will see the um, images. And in the meantime, I would say check back soon for the next episode of the Orthodontic Products Podcast and be sure to subscribe to the MedCorp Podcast Network. In the meantime, to keep up with the latest orthodontic industry news, visit our website at orthodonticproductsonline.com. Until next time, take care and stay safe.